The Harper Decade. Ten years of sifting sands for refugees and immigrants. The legacy of the Harper Decade with respect to immigration law and policy will be characterized by the denigration of Canada's humanitarian tradition, confrontation with the courts, dog whistle politics, and the ascendancy of bottom line driven immigration policy. The Harper Decade on Immigration was helmed by Jason Kenney, the now former Minister of Citizenship and Immigration, and without a doubt, the most transformative minister that portfolio has seen in living memory. For Kenney, no crisis real or created, was wasted as an opportunity to place the stamp of the conservative brand on immigration. Indeed, there is no aspect of immigration policy that has gone untouched. From refugees to citizens, the Harper decade will have far-reaching effects that can only be grasped at present. The most comprehensive changes were made to Canada's refugee determination system. There were, undoubtedly, worthwhile aspects to these changes. For example, under the previous system, claimants often waited years for their claims to be heard, while the present system expedited the hearing of those claims. The Harper government compounded the problem by failing to appoint or reappoint the decision makers. The resulting broken system was then streamlined through the so-called Balanced Refugee Reform Act, which significantly expedites the determination of claims while denying recourse to failed refugees, whom the minister calls bogus, and those individuals that are from certain countries, conveniently designated by the minister himself. The problem is that these designated certain countries, such as Mexico, are not safe, as the objective evidence clearly indicates many of these countries were suffering from rampant insecurity, corruption, and ineffective state protection. Countries were designated on the basis of having a large number of claimants from those countries and not on the basis of the evidence. The theme of ideological-driven decision-making without reference to statistical or factual analysis was a constant of the Harper decade. In conjunction with the Balanced Refugee Reform Act, the minister sought to implement other disincentives to individuals coming to Canada and making refugee claims. These disincentives ranged from the farcical, like putting up billboards in foreign countries, to the tragic, like denying refugee claimants health coverage. The latter best betrays the Harper government worldview. The widespread changes, at present reversed by Justice McTavish of the federal court as infringing basic freedoms, denied health care coverage to children, pregnant women, and cancer patients, among others, on various specious grounds, including the false assertion that refugee claimants were receiving better health care than Canadians. In reality, this was a disincentive strategy, plain and simple, implemented to drive down the numbers of refugee claimants received by this country, the only metric that seems to matter to the Harper government and the one that was touted as the basis to conclude that the refugee reforms were successful. Unfortunately, while the Harper government has played politics, immigrants, refugees, and ordinary Canadian Muslims have paid the price. The atrociously entitled Faster Removal of Foreign Criminals Act dramatically lowers the threshold for removing even long-term permanent residents of this country, often for penny-ante criminal offenses. However, part of the core messaging of this government is that it is tough on crime and criminals. Hard cases make bad law, and the Harper government is about to prove that the converse is true. In another example of how politics supersedes policy, Harper recently vowed to appeal the federal court ruling of Justice Keith Boswell, 
who happens to be a 30-year card-carrying conservative appointed by this very government, who found that the Department of Citizenship and Immigration wasn't following its own regulations in preventing a veiled Muslim woman, Zunera Ishaq, from taking the oath of citizenship. Following Harper's announcement that he would be appealing Boswell's ruling, the conservatives sent out fundraising requests citing their opposition to the niqab, a veil that perhaps some few dozen women wear in Canada. Ishaq had challenged the policy that Jason Kenney, then Minister of Citizenship and Immigration, promulgated without legislative basis that prevented veiling at the ceremony. Zunera had no issue with the actual policy, which required her to unveil for the purposes of establishing her identity prior to the oath. Boswell overruled Kenney's attempt to rule by fiat and found that it contradicted regulations that specifically allowed for the greatest possible freedom during the oath-taking ceremony. Boswell made short shrift of the government's arguments, stating, How can a citizenship judge afford the greatest possible freedom in taking the oath if the policy requires candidates to violate or renounce a basic tenet of their religion? The mercantile mentality of this government has extended even to the quintessential right, that of Canadian citizenship. In essence, citizenship is a commodity for this cabal of merchants, and the way to increase the value of a commodity is to decrease supply. Citizenship under the Harper government is harder to get and easier to lose. Ostensibly based on putative problems such as birth tourism and so-called Canadians of convenience, the government has imposed more stringent requirements for citizenship and has also created more avenues for revoking status. Bill C-24, which has now received royal assent, dramatically increases the grounds for revocation and has created different classes of citizenship. Once again, this government's legislation is headed to the courts. Keeping in line with this government's pro-business outlook, businesses, of course, want a stable, compliant workforce, the temporary foreign worker program was dramatically and exponentially expanded. At the same time, no thought or consideration was spared for the tens of thousands of low-skill foreign workers for whom there is no pathway for permanent residence. In fairness, no pathway was afforded by the previous government either. Low-skilled temporary foreign workers remain the coolie, bonded labor, with no hope to remain permanently and with explicit limits on their stay here of a maximum of four years. Numbers were crunched even when it came to filial obligations and affections. Kenny suspended the family class, parents and grandparents, for two years, noting that older immigrants cost the system hundreds of thousands of dollars in health care costs. The program is now limited to the first 5,000 applicants with increased income requirements for the sponsor in Canada. Family reunification is now reserved for the affluent and well-established. The Harper government has tried to instill fear in ordinary Canadians that outsiders, such as refugees, foreign workers, or more recent immigrants, are abusing the system. This fear and indignation has allowed the government to pass measures that are incoherent, mean-spirited, and short-sighted. The government's policy has, for the most part, been instigated by ideology, politics, and anecdotal quote-unquote evidence, rather than strategic foresight or the country's best interests. Yet the Harper government's pursuit of short-term political gain by means of rhetoric not worthy of elected representatives that scapegoats immigrants, refugees, minorities, in a blatant attempt at playing to the gallery, comes at a high cost. It has undermined the rule of law and our multicultural and humanitarian tradition, and it will take at least another decade to undo the damage.